I'm going to ask you these questions because I was asked these questions. I was put on the spot, and so I'm going to put you on the spot. Is that okay? <laughs> Nobody's saying yes because you don't know what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Last week I talked to you a little bit out uh, around the story of Esther, and I talked to you uh, about uh, chiasm and the, the way that the book is constructed. And, um, and we all, if I mention Esther into our heads, if we know anything about the Bible, um, if ever we've, you know, if we've been going to church over a season or a period of time, we might have heard the phrase um, that um, you're here for such a time as this. And we will be quoting that phrase that Mordecai spoke over Esther when Esther was the queen and the Jews were being... Th- Let me just read to you a little bit. Uh, the Jews are under threat of being annihilated and, and Mordecai and Esther are um, a cousin and a niece and they are... A, not niece. Anyway, they're re- relatives. And... Uh, Esther has been elevated to the position of queen where she has the favor of the king. And Mordecai says, listen, you need to go before the king. And she says, listen, I can't go before the king. Not even I can go before the king unless the king uh, deems it possible for me to come forward by showing with a scepter that I can approach him. And if I try and approach him when he doesn't want to be approached, then my life is in danger. And Mordecai says this. He sent this reply to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. He's reminding her of a purpose that maybe God had set her up to fulfill for God's people. Okay? So he's reminding her of purpose. And so I want to stir you this morning and remind you or help you remind yourself of purpose. Your purpose. Why you are who you are. So this is my question. This is the question I was asked. Why do you follow Jesus? I'm going to ask you to talk about it around your table for just a couple of minutes. Why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow him? Not why do you believe in him? Because the devil believes in Jesus. But why do you choose to follow him? Why? Why? And now I'm going to ask you to do uh, a bit of something that will require a little bit of forethought and a little bit of discipline. I'm going to ask you to imagine that you're you're giving your answer to somebody who hasn't a clue. Hasn't a clue. They're not a Christian. They don't go to church. They've not been to church. But they've seen something in you. We've been singing. I wrote down some of the phrases. Praise his name forevermore. Okay? It was part of the challenge to, to praise him, to be a person who praises him. Um, we were challenged, weren't we, to think about him and then sing 
sing with me, to be the type of people that our lives, not just join in the song that I'm singing, but actually, can you see something of him that would cause you to want to worship him or encounter him because of what you see in me? In every, the last song, in every eye that sees me. In every eye that sees me. God be all around. God be all around. In every eye that sees me. So why do you follow him? And then I've got a supplementary question. Why do you go to church? Ooh. Okay, so discuss. I was going to say have some... Oh, no, it's gone. (laughs) But discuss around your table. I'll call you back in a moment. Why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? Ask somebody else, all right? If you can't think of an answer, say, hey, why do you follow? Put the pressure on them. Get it off you, all right? (laughs) Say, come on, tell me. Debs, Vicky, why do you? Why why do you? Ask somebody else. Why do you follow Jesus? Come on. Okay, a minute or so just to wrap up your conversations. Please finish talking if you're talking. If you've got something to... Don't let me cut you off. Um, okay, let me just uh, say a couple of things. Um, let me just say this. Setbacks, setbacks are part of your setup. Okay? Setbacks are part of your setup. To understand what you're being set up for, you need to know why you follow Jesus. Because that's your purpose, okay? That's your purpose in life. You're called, you're called, come, follow me, I'll teach you how to fish for people. You're called to follow him. You're called, you're chosen, you're purposed to follow him so that your life will bring him glory. He's not glory hungry, but he wants you to experience the most extraordinary life with him, being led by him, that will enable you, almost unconsciously, you'll be singing so loud in the way that you're living that people will say, What is it about you? What is it about you? And you'll be able to say, this is what it's about for me. It's following Jesus. I try to model my life on him because he gave his life for me. So for me, why do I follow him? Because he loves me. How do I know he loves me? Well, he tells me in his word but also, I've experienced it. I know it in my Noah. Now, I've explained to two tables what I was actually asking you to do is almost impossible to do because I'm asking you to use two parts of your brain that don't really, they're not connected. And the part of your brain where you feel all of your emotion, where you fall in love, where you get cross, where that part of your brain that generates your emotions is not connected to the part of your brain that generates your words. So if I said to you, I love Ellen with all of my heart, and you say, well, how do you do that? What does that 
look like? How do, what do, I will begin to tell you what I do, but I can't articulate why I love her without saying, well, she's like this, or she's like that. And I'll describe what she's done, because I, I, my emotions are feelings that I really, really struggle to articulate. But you see, we, we, like we sang in the, those songs, every eye that sees me, what, the way that you are, what your purpose will generate in you what you do. There's a famous um, uh, TED talk by a guy called Simon Sinek where he talks about the why, the why, the how and the what. If you haven't seen it, uh, I'll put it on the WhatsApp. It's worth looking at um, because I want to just help you try and understand why you follow Jesus. Because you do. You choose to follow him. And your, your why is your walk. Because if you're not really f- following him, it'll be seen in the way that you walk. Because your why generates everything about you. Your purpose. It's your purpose for living. It's your purpose. You wake up in the morning and you are driven to do and to be whatever your why is. Uh, now, Cynic does something very interesting. I'm not going to do it for you here and now because it would just take too much time. But he, he does this. He said, you need to find somebody that's not your wife or your husband or a sibling, but you're a close friend. Find a close friend, not a relative, not somebody that you live with, but a really close friend, and ask them this question. Why, why? Have you chosen to make me your friend? Why am I your friend? And ask them the why about you. And they'll tell you some things about you that are generic, where you're kind, you're loving. And you could say, well, yeah, but there's lots of people that are kind and loving. But what is it about me that you have seen that are choosing to make me your friend? And they will struggle to articulate as I've just said about the two brains, it's cynic that was teaching me that this week as I was, because I was kind of rattled with the questions. Why do I follow him? Why, do, why is church important? And it, I was having to think and, and I was struggling to articulate and I found cynic's teaching just to be really, really helpful. But he just says, eventually, they will begin to describe what you do that they love about you. And what they will be doing is revealing to you your why. Because they will describe to you what they love about you that's drawing them to you. And I think, well, that's Jesus. You know, he is teaching his disciples to fish for people by hanging out with him. Wanting to be like him and being encouraged by him and learning from him and seeing his example. And they begin to do what he did in the way that he did it until it became their reason to exist. Yeah? You see, because people will, they will be drawn to what you do. They'll be interested in what you do. They might want to pick up a little bit of what you do 
But if they understand why you do it, they will be captured by what captures you. You see, years ago, James said to me, I asked him, James, will you create a film about what we do in Myrtle House? And he said, no, as only a son can do to his dad. Uh, he's, James is a filmmaker. Um, and he said, no, no, that would be terrible. I said, no, it won't. It will be great. People will be able to go on the website and look at all the different things we do. And he said, Dad, that's, that's so rubbish. He said, a, a, a bazillion churches do that, and it affects nobody because they're just, they just look busy. But he said, if you, if you let me try and capture your heart, your why... It doesn't matter what you do, because it's your why that is attractive. It's your why that people are drawn to. It's your why, and people will buy in to your why, irrespective of what you do. But it's your why that is attractive. It's your why. It's what motivates you. It's what stirs us. It. People will rarely want to do what you want to do. You know, oh, you go to church? I don't want to go to church. But if they get why, if they get why church is precious to you. I mean, there was some lovely stuff said on this table. I didn't get to hear much of this table. But why do you, maybe you give me some feedback. Why is church important to you? What was said on your table? Tell me something that somebody else said so that I'm not going to challenge you. Talk about somebody else. Tell me why. Oh, that's a song, isn't it, in my head? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why. why. Oh, dear me. It's like pulling teeth, this kind of... I'm just, needing, I'm just trying to catch somebody's eye, and they're all <laughs> doing a chicken impersonation. <laughs> Tell me why. Why is church? Anybody say anything about church? Come on, then, Jeffrey. I get to meet the experience of what God's doing in others. And I don't feel alone, you know. I know that we've got problems, you share that with me. I know you get joy, that lifts me. Your lives lift me knowing you're in Christ. I go into town and I get this blank of, let's, we're shopping, we're shopping, we're shopping. There's a blank, so that's what I get. That's good, isn't it? I wish I'd said that. Okay. Um, now, this table's been serving all more, well, yeah, the glory's, but, yeah, okay. Tell me. Tell me why. Anybody at church? Yeah, come on. We've come as strangers and we feel very comfortable because we know that we're all one in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's precious, that is, isn't it? <laughs> no, no pressure, but do you want to say something? Have you, anybody? You're being pointed at. I'm happy to do it, but you know. I don't like hogging the mic. <laughs> we spoke about a few things, actually. I um, spoke about um, like fellowship, doing life together. Um, but also we spoke about obedience, ultimately, that having made the decision to follow Jesus, uh, and we believe in the word of God, and actually it's a biblical command. See, that was good. That, you and Ellen are peas in the pod. Because I, I asked Ellen these questions during the week, just saying, Ellen, is, does this make sense? I said, why, do you go to, why is church important to you? She said, because it's biblical. Because we're told not to neglect fellowshipping, but because fellowshipping is important. It's, and Pam manifested the benefits of being in relationship with people. It is encouraging, but also we get supported and we get loved. And it's, 
It's just a really brilliant opportunity to um, build each other up. You know, Jesus, Jesus asked a why question. Um, I will use this. I'm going to read to you a chunk of the Bible. Comfortable with that? Tough if you're not. <laughs> Jesus asked a why question, uh, but I'm going to build up to it. I'm reading from Luke 6, and I'm going to read from, chapter, uh, from verse uh, 20. Um, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you? As evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy. Yeah, leap for joy. I think, what? Anyway, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Shift your focus. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn into mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praised false prophets. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try and get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to another sinner for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, and you will... Uh, and, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, 
First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So, so, why do you keep calling me Lord? Why do you keep calling me Lord? Why do you follow him? Why, he could say, why are you following me? Oh, let me just read on. You call me Lord, and you don't do what I say. You call me Lord, and you're not living on purpose, following my teaching. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. If you don't know your why, if you don't know why you follow him, because the things that he teaches enable me to live a life that brings him glory and makes me a better person and actually and influencing my family and my community. If that's not your purpose, then you're clearly not doing what he's asked us to do. Let me read it to you out of the message, just a, not all of that, just a bit of it. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir. I don't know whether the tone was there, but that's me in my head. (laughs) Yes, sir. And that's right, sir. But never doing a thing, I tell you. These words I speak to you, those that I've just read, these words that I speak to you are not mere additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words Words to build a life on. It's the purpose. It's the why. It's the why. It's the why we are part of a community called Llanethli. It's why we're part of a community, Kidwelly or Burryport or Poolth or you name your community. It's why God has put you here for his purpose on purpose, so that you find your purpose and begin to live on purpose, with purpose, (laughs) for his glory. You see, when you understand your why, your purpose will become more powerful. I'm going to show you a video. Okay, this is a little video, just, um, I think it's under four minutes, Uh, and it's a comedian uh, but he's a Christian. Uh, I don't mean that as I'm not qualifying his humour. Uh, he's a Christian. He's just a good bloke. You, Michael Jr. He's called. 
Um, and he, he, I've watched many of his talks uh, lately, and he speaks in church quite frequently, actually. It's quite surprising. But, but he's a, a well-known comedian and um, an all-round clearly seen Jesus follower. So let's watch this. Thanks, Claire. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The the question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like, for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy. I can write books. I can be in a movie because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new, uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country and I do stand-up comedy in case you didn't know. And in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right. So um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing. you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, 
he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. When you know your why, your what becomes much more effective. You need to know why. You need to know why you follow him. When you know clearly why, it becomes the spark that ignites you, that makes you a burning light that people cannot ignore. Because you love with a love that is supernatural. You serve with a strength that is supernatural. You follow with a passion that is magnetic. And it will draw people to your savior. So he becomes their savior. When you live on purpose, you need to know your why. You need to know your why. Don't just say, Lord, Lord, and not bother with the stuff that he says we should be doing. Loving others, serving others, sacrificing, paying a price with a life that means you get misunderstood, that you get lied about, that you get hurt, disillusioned. But you keep your chin up because you know why. Why you do what you do. Why you are who you are. Don't be disappointed. What I mean by that is don't be distanced from your appointment. Your appointment is to live on purpose for his glory. For his glory, for his glory, for his glory. All right? And the enemy of your soul will try to disappoint you by saying, don't bother with those little things. Don't bother with turning the other cheek. Don't bother with going the extra mile. Just look after you. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're okay. Just turn up, show up, show your hands, and go home. No. Live on purpose. Know your why. Okay? Know your why. My mission, I felt today, was for you to know your why. Not my why, your why. Okay? Talk to yourself. Think about the question, why do you follow him? Remind yourself, make a note to yourself, write it in your journal. Why, why, why? Find out other people's whys. There you go, that'll be a challenge. When we go and get coffee, nobody's going to have coffee now. They're all going to go straight out of the door. <laughs> when you get coffee, when you get coffee, ask somebody, why? Why? So, Father, I am so grateful, Father, that you made a way where there wasn't one. I am so grateful, Jesus, that I... I heard somebody explain to me why you came and died on a cross 
I am so grateful that when I made that decision to believe what I heard, I began to experience your love. And I began to understand my purpose was to make you known so that others can spend eternity with you. Lord, I thank you for the church. I thank you for the people. I thank you for this fellowship. I thank you for these people here. But I thank you for the church. It's the hope of the world. Jesus, we know that as a slogan from other churches. But Lord, it's a reality that your bride, your bride is what you're coming back for. And you're waiting for us to fulfill our purpose because you don't want the lost, lost. You don't want those who don't know you to die without knowing you. And your hope is in us. It's in these people in this room. It's in me that we would live on purpose for your glory, looking for the lost, to share what we have experienced. So, Father, would you help me? Lord, the people in this room can pray their own prayer for that because maybe they just say, Lord, Lord. But, Lord, I don't want to be one of those. So my prayer is, Lord, use me. Here I am. I've given you all I've got. And I pray for your strength and your wisdom to keep running, to keep serving, to keep loving, to keep caring. Lord, I don't want to miss what you're doing in these days. This is my prayer, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.